Anger should be a valued gem in your life. That you are only angry in rare moments. Hello, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Josh Hester, your host, and today we're talking about 10 rules for being a biblical man. There are a lot of ideas about how to be a man, what it means to be a man. In fact, recently we've been kind of getting rid of the idea of what it is to be a man, that all manliness is somehow toxic or evil. And it is true that there are a lot of issues that men have. We struggle and we have tendencies that lead us down dark paths. But there are 10 guidelines that I want to cover today that are going to help us live a better life as a Christian man. The first rule is to have your priorities in order. That is, we need to know what we stand for. What are we doing? Where are we going? Uh, and this kind of has three parts. Number one, like you need to know where the general direction of your life is. What is the top of your priority list? What is the highest thing in your life? Uh, for example, if you're a Christian, then God should be the highest thing in your life. But not only God just as an idea, but his principles, his way of living, his love, for example, and his truth and what we need to do in relationship to that. So if I say I love God and I want to follow his truth, but I'm not loving my family, then I'm actually going against that priority, right? I know that the direction of my life is to become a man who is loving, who is strong, who is kind, etc. These are principles in the Bible. So I, I, I put the highest thing in my life first, and everything else kind of flows from that, is affected by that. The next thing is I need to know where my focus is. It's not just that you have a direction, but okay, I have a general principle, a general direction I'm going. How do I actually live that out? Usually it comes out in a very tangible way. What does that look like? So let's say I want to be a more loving husband because I see that principle in the Bible. Well, what are tangible things that I can focus on to become a more loving husband? Can I once a week buy something for my wife? Can I once a week listen to what she's going through? Let's say I struggle with that. Or let's say I'm an, an impatient person. Can I for this week not respond angrily or intensely when I shouldn't towards her? Or maybe I'm the opposite of the spectrum, right? And I, I tend to be inactive as a husband and I, I tend to just go with the flow. What is one action that I can purposefully do? So you see, I need to focus. I need to choose specific things that are going to fulfill the top of my priority list. I say I'm a loving man. I say I love God. I say I want to be honest, etc. What are specific actions that reflect that, that will build the character within me? Because being changed, becoming like Christ, is actually a process. And that process comes by making choices, and those choices over time make us. We become the choices we make. And the third way to have your priorities in order is to know when to say no. If you never say no, then when you say yes, it doesn't actually mean anything, right? So you need to have boundaries. You need to say no to many things so that the top of your priority list can actually be on top. If I say, for example, like I've been saying, that I love my wife and I put my family first, but I never say no to my friends, to my work, to uh, people I meet in, in life, then, well, ultimately, I'm actually not going to put my family first because everything else is going to crowd that out. If I say, never say no to TikTok, if I never say no to Facebook, if I never say no to work or friends, it's not going to happen. So I need to put my family first by saying no so that when I say yes, it's actually meaningful. Our second rule for living a Christian life as a man is to get rid of things that distract you from your priorities. 
That is, uh, Paul said it this way, that we lay aside every weight and the sins that easily entangle us. There are things in our life that aren't sins, but that are weights. They're distractions. They're not good for our life. I'll tell you one thing for me um, in my past, and sometimes even today, uh, video games can be distracting for me. It's not that video games in in and of themselves are evil, but sometimes I can be so intensely interested in my video games that I lay my wife to the side and I ignore her, or I lay the cleaning of the house, or I lay taking my dog for a walk, or I lay, you know, my job, it can easily fill the space of the things that I say are priority. So I need to actually remove those things, or at least build very specific boundaries for where they belong. I need to order my life. Rule number three is when you speak, mean what you say. This comes in two ways. One, I need to actually think about the words I'm saying. A lot of times we just respond in the situation. It's good, and this is a very practical rule. Take five seconds if you're frustrated, if you're tired, if you haven't eaten recently, if uh, any of those situations where you know you're sensitive. Take five seconds. Think about what you're going to say and respond directly. Respond specifically and respond purposefully. Not only that, sometimes we don't want to say the exact truth, but it's almost never a good idea to bend the truth. Do not bend the truth. Speak what you actually say. If you make a promise, follow through. If you say you're not going to do something, don't do that thing. Um, There's a a very practical application to this. Uh, In psychology, they found that with raising children, one of the main reasons that children become super disrespectful to the parents is when the parent is the type that will say, if you do such and such a thing, I'm going to give you a consequence. But then when the kid does such and such a thing, the parent doesn't give the consequence. So then the kid has learned that they don't actually have to listen to what their parent says. They don't need to respect them. They don't need to honor them. They don't need to trust them. And the boundaries don't actually mean anything. And so now now that kid will just push any boundary. And basically it comes down to the fact that the parent says one thing and does another thing. And it might be out of fear. It might be because when they said what the punishment was going to be, it was actually too harsh. And so they don't plan on doing it. Don't do that. Think about your words, not only with your kids, but with your friends, with your spouse, with your life, with your work. If you tell your boss you're going to be somewhere and do something, do it. If your boss asks you to do something and you can't do that thing, you need to speak honestly. Think about your words. When you speak, mean what you say. Rule number four is give yourself time to think and to rest and to process your life. In our modern world, men today are pushed to the brink of exhaustion. We constantly have to work. We constantly are expected to provide, to produce, to get stuff done. And that's good. It's good in the sense that we should produce. It's it's meaningful. It gives purpose to your life. But you have to actually stop and think about what's going on in your life. How do you feel about the processes that are going on? How do you feel about your work? Thinking about these things is a good thing because it helps you become a whole version of yourself. If you're just working and working and you never think through anything, then you're not actually mentally becoming the person that you are outwardly acting as. You're not maturing. A lot of maturity in life comes through introspection, through processing the events that have recently happened in your life. And this this need to stop and rest isn't just the need for mental thinking, but it's also physical. I mean, your body needs to be healthy. So don't burn yourself out in your 30s or 40s when you have to live to 70. You have a long life ahead of you. Even if you're 60, you have a long life ahead of you. 
There are many years. And so think about the way you're spending your time. Take time to not only stop, but to think through why, how, what you plan on doing with your life. This will help you avoid many pitfalls. It will also help you find meaning and remembering in the things that have already happened in your life. Number five is to value others above yourself. You see, a strong person is a person who can carry the weight of those around them. Now, that doesn't mean that you enable others or that you don't cause them to be responsible, strong people as well. What I'm saying is count others, the Bible says, consider others more important than yourself. There are a lot of men today who walk around thinking only of themselves. Every moment, they wake up thinking of themselves. They're at work thinking of themselves. And they constantly are hurting themselves and hurting others around them because they're not considering those around them. You see, we in the, in the Bible, it calls us the body of Christ. But you don't have to use that terminology. It is clear. Humans are a, a species that are supposed to be in community. We are like a herd animal, right? We don't just exist in and of ourselves. So it is foolish to just spend all your time thinking only of yourself. And that's just from a practical standpoint. From a moral, Christian, spiritual standpoint, the Bible makes it clear there is more meaning in life when you're thinking of others than when you're just thinking of yourself. And by the way, thinking of yourself ends up in a dead end. It's purposeless, it's empty, and you could get all the riches and women and whatever in the world, but you're gonna end up being empty because you haven't connected to other people. The only way you connect to other people really is when you think about them. So take time thinking of others. Put others above yourself. You consider yourself such a strong and impressive man. Good. Be that man. Carry, support, and help others around you. Number six, realize that controlling yourself is more impressive than controlling others. There are a lot of men who, when they're in a tough situation, puff their chest, flex their muscles, and just want to show others how impressive they are, that they can overcome them with anger, with strength, with their martial arts or their fighting skills. And they think that that's impressive. Now, I'm not going to lie. It is impressive. It's a lot more impressive to be the guy who doesn't go into the fight, right? Who, who has self-control, who doesn't need to throw fists just because they disagree. Don't be the man who flies off the handle every single time there's an issue. That is not manly. It is not impressive. It is not attractive. You want to be an impressive, attractive man? Have self-control. This goes back similar to when you know when to say no, right? Know when to say yes. Um, if you are constantly getting angry, then really your anger doesn't mean anything. Anger should be a valued gem in your life. That you are only angry in rare moments so that when you're angry, you're sending a very specific message. And that anger should not be controlling you. You should use that anger as energy to direct it towards what is actually causing a problem and doing it in a purposeful way. It is more, once again, it is more powerful to control yourself than to try to control others around you. And by the way, if you control yourself, then you're going to be able to help others and guide others in the direction they should go a lot more uh, effectively. Rule number seven, you need to learn to control your short-term appetites for long-term goals. Let's take an example. Don't eat pie every night for dinner so that in the long term you can be physically healthy, right? Don't sleep with that random woman so that you can have a happy family. This is a, a theme throughout all of life. You need to plant good seeds so that at the end of the season, good fruit grows. And it doesn't feel good. It's not easy. It would be a lot easier to go the quick 
satisfying way in the short term, right? That pie is going to taste good. But in the long term, it's not worth it. Learn to control your short-term appetites so that you can reach your long-term goals. This is a manly quality. Self-control, thinking about the future. It's a very human thing to sacrifice today's pleasures so that tomorrow you can have better goals and better achievements. Number eight, become a source of value rather than just a taker. A lot of times men just take, take, take from their wives, from their neighbors, from their society. A lot of the time, we don't realize that we're doing it. And it's a very balanced thing. You see, you need to receive food and, and clothing and water and all of these things in order to become a strong person. But you receive so that you can invest it in yourself in a way that it multiplies. So you receive good things so that you can become a strong, wise person. So become a source of value. That's the shortest way to say it. Become a source of value, a source of wisdom, a source of strength, a source of compassion. These things happen because you invest in yourself in a way that isn't just for short-term goals, like we said in the previous rule. It's for long-term goals. And these long-term goals make you become the type of person that someone can count on. So become the type of person that is a source of wisdom and strength and goodness. A good way to do this is to make sure that you have a good support system around you so that you become a healthy person. I grew up in a less than ideal situation as a kid. And if I wouldn't have dealt with the traumas and the brokenness and the anger inside of me, I would not have been able to become any sort of source. Now, I, I'm still struggling. I'm still growing, but I'm in that process. And every time I spend a couple hours in counseling or processing things or praying, then I become a healthier person. And so for the rest of my life, I am now that healthier person. So create in yourself a richness of value and blessing for those around you. Rule number nine, construct your verbal reality so that it matches your physical reality. That is, speak the truth. Jordan Peterson talks about how it's not possible really to say the truth always, right? We don't always know exactly what is true. But he mentions that you can at least not lie. So when you speak, use your words in a way that you're constructing reality as you actually see it. Now, there are at least two really good reasons for this. Number one, when you speak the truth as you know it, then that gives others the opportunity to either agree with you or to give you guidance, to give you a better insight. And if you're constantly lying or you're trying to be manipulative with your words, then you're not actually going to be able to learn. You're, there's not real communication happening because your, what you're saying isn't actually reality. And so you can't connect two people if one person isn't being real. The second reason is that if you construct a false reality, you're actually going to start believing your own lies. It is a fact. When you speak things, you start believing them. Not the first time, but you can actually construct a reality where 10 years down the road, you think that what happened was your lie. And you don't want to be living in that world. You don't want to be living in a world where you don't even recognize what the truth is. I mean, have you ever been around someone who that's happened? Who when you talk to them, you realize this person isn't really grounded in reality. They don't seem to understand their situation. They, it's like they've blinded themselves. Well, the way they got there most of the time is because, well, one little lie at a time. They built a false reality. And these lies come out of insecurity, out of fear, out of doubt, out of someone else lying to you. These, these lies are understandable. But if you do it long enough, you'll become a slave to your own lies. 
and it's not worth it. Rule number 10 is to appreciate what you have and what others have given. It's very simple. We see things that we like, that make us happy, but we don't communicate how happy we are. We don't remind ourselves of our blessings. We, we miss it. And this comes with our family, with our kids. We don't even tell them how great they are. How often have we missed opportunities to make someone's day by saying, you know what, what you did there really just made me so excited. It, it made my day better. And I'm so thankful for you. How many times have we missed opportunities to be ourselves in a better mood? Because we didn't notice. We didn't notice the beauty of uh, the leaves falling in the fall or the beauty of our wife when she wakes up in the morning or whatever it might be. We don't take the time to notice it. And so it's like it didn't even happen because we live in this subjective reality, right? There is the reality outside of us, but we experience it subjectively. So it's important to purposefully appreciate what you have so that you notice it. If you're not purposeful, it's pretty likely that you're not going to actually live it. It's as if it never happened. So be sure to appreciate what you have. So those are the 10 rules. If you feel like maybe there's a, a better rule that I missed, be sure to comment it below and we can talk about it in a, in, a, in a later episode. Also, be sure to share this with your friends and family. I think there's a lot of men who need these rules. They've been a blessing to me. They've helped me become a better version of myself. And I hope it will do the same thing for you. God bless you. Shh.